Hey, this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. All right, here we go. I'm going to give you the point first before I even read this. Here we go. My first point is this. It's a long one. Let's go to the point. Then we're going to read the scripture. This is the whole point for today. And it's this, in order to know that you are all that in him, you must first realize that you are nothing without him. Somebody say amen. Let me say, let me say it again. In order, in order to know that you are all that in him, you must first realize that you are nothing without him. John chapter 15 verse 4 says this. This is Jesus talking. He said, abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For, here it is, for without me you can do nothing. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I can't do nothing without Jesus. Okay, I'm trying to do stuff with them. Without them, it's trouble. Somebody say amen. All right. So without me, you can do nothing. Jesus knows that without him, he correlates us as branches and him as the source of life. And if we aren't connected to him, we'll dry up. Anybody ever drift from God in your life or you felt a little distant from God and you felt like you were drying up and you're like, man, I need to get connected. I need to get connected in the vine again. I, got to get, I need to get connected in church. I need to get connected with the right kind of people. I need to get connected to the word. I need to get connected in prayer. Jesus said, look, you are the branches. I'm the vine. And you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. Somebody say, uh-oh. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Isn't that awesome? That even when we're, the goal is to be connected to him, not to get what we want, but when we're connected to him, I believe that God will give us the desires of the heart of our heart, but I also believe that God will give us the desires to desire. Because when I'm outside of him, my desires are funky and they're off and they're um, at best, they might be good, but they're not necessarily God. Somebody say amen. All right. But when you abide in me, he's talking and you even your prayer life goes to a different level when you're abiding in him, when you're talking to God and asking him and, and coming before him, you're you're it, it changes things. And my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you by this. My father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Once again, I'm going to go back to the first point in order to know that you are all that in him. You must first realize that you are nothing without him. All right, God's ultimate heart for his people is that we're fruitful. God doesn't necessarily, let me, let me, let me just say this here. God doesn't necessarily want to make you better. He wants to make you more like him. God doesn't necessarily want to develop you. He wants, he wants you to be more like Jesus. He wants you to be the, the um, spitting image of his person, right? That, that is God's whole heart, fruitfulness, okay? 
Here's my second point. You guys ready? I'm jumping right into this. Here it is. Staying connected to God is the only way to discover who you really are. It's the only way. He created you. He knows everything about you. He knows, the Bible says the number of, the hairs on your head are numbered. They're actually numbered. Like, it's not that he just knows it. He actually counted them. They're numbered. When one falls out, he goes, oh, no, there goes 117. (laughs) They're numbered. For some of us, the ones that was there, they were numbered. I still got some. Look at your neighbor. Come on, just pat your hair. Be like, look, I still got a little something up here. I got, you know. Stay, staying connected. God, it's the only way. It's the only way to discover who you really are. It's the only way to really say, I am all that, is to be connected. The, 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 we are the branches. He is the vine. It's the only way for me to know who I am is to be connected to the one who made Sean, who knows Sean, who intimate, intricately framed my person. He is the, um, he is the creator. He, he fashioned me in my mother's womb. And, and the only way for me to tap into who I really am is to know the one that knows me more than anyone, that, uh, that I could be, um, that I am known by him and that I could know him. And, and when I drift, this is the thing, when I drift and I disconnect from my prayer life and I disconnect from church and I disconnect from the right people and I, and I disconnect from the vine, it's when I start to start to take on a false identity whether I'm trying to or not because I'm not connected to the one that holds my true identity does anybody know what I'm talking about before Christ my identity was in in all kind of things that were not him by nature we as humans want to know who we are we want to know who am I we want to be known and to know who we are and when we aren't connected to him we put it in something else whether it's, whether it's sex or just um, a person or status or an education or whatever it might be. Some of those things are good, but they are not your identity. It comes from him. Amen. I am all that. All what? All that is in him. I am all that. Right? So once again, staying connected to God is the only way to discover who you really are. Look at your neighbor and ask him, who are you? Look back at him and say, I am all that. <laughs> Staying connected to God is the only way to discover who you really are. Our identity is literally found and maintained in God. Isn't that awesome that nobody else owns that? Nobody else is like, yeah, I got you. I got your identity. You need to get to know me. Isn't that awesome that actually your identity is from God? It's not from your social construct. It's not from where you're from. It's not what you've been through. It's not your neighborhood. It's, it's not, it is, comes from God. That is where Sean really is. And when I am in him, I get to find out who I am. Amen? All right, here we go. I'm going to give you some practical things. I kind of mentioned them, but I want to give you some practical things on how do I abide in him. What do you mean? What's that mean? That's real Bible stuff. You know, people don't talk like that. Like, my wife's like, how you doing, babe? I'm like, I'm abiding in him. 
I don't necessarily say that all the time. It's not my language per se, uh, you know. And, and if I'm acting funky or I'm having a bad attitude or something, which I rarely do, it's like once or twice a year. Um, just kidding. My wife's like, ha, 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 ha. Then she definitely knows that I'm not abiding in him. But what does that mean? You know, abide in him. It's so cute, right? Like a branch in the vine. But how do you practice? Anybody, I, I got a couple here, but let's talk to me here, church. Anybody, what is something you do that, that you, keeps you connected to God? Come on, talk to me. Pray, okay. Prayer. Study. Study what? The Bible, yes. Yudi's like, the Bible, what do you think? I mean, I'm in church. What, what else? Anybody else? What's another way? Come on, talk to me, church. What's that? Worship. Somebody say worship. Say worship. All right. Giving. Yeah. What else? How do you abide in him? What's some other ways to abide in the vine? I got some here. I think you kind of said all of mine already. Thanks, guys. But uh, anything else? Anything else that you do that in your walk with God, you say, man, I got to do this. This keeps me connected to Jesus. Fellowship, right? Fellowship, community, hanging out with the right people. Right. Getting around the right people is very important. Um, you know, anybody ever get you just get around the right people and it and it helps you stay on track with God. I guarantee you right now, every last one of us, there are times that it was a person in God that's kept you in God. Maybe moments. Maybe you were like you were about to go off and they were like, no, don't do that. Let's pray. Join hands. Let's agree. Let's come in agreeance. <laughs> right. So fellowship, all right, any more, any more. How do you stay, how do you abide? How do you, in order to know who I really am, I gotta stay connected. So what's another way? Anybody, you guys said prayer, said the Bible, fellowship, serving, yeah? Anybody, anybody ever look back at your walk with God a little bit and say, man, if I wasn't serving, I might have drifted because sometimes you don't feel like coming to church, but you're like, oh, snap, I already accepted to serve through planning centers, so... Come on, anybody ever, every head bowed, every eye closed, lift your hand if you ever said, I came to church simply because I committed. Why, why am I the only one lifting my hand? I wasn't scheduled to preach today. I, I didn't get a planning center notification. But anybody know, is that true though? This serving kind of keeps you in the mix. Yeah. Yes, it does. All right, that's a good one. Who said, sir? Oh, my wife did. Everybody give it up for Crystal Gale. She's the one that said. So if you want to serve in this house, Growth Track is the front door, okay? Get in Growth Track. Sign up for reals. I'll meet you at Connect Corner. My wife and I would love to say hi. But, and it's not just serving in church, you know? And, and I, of course, uh, that's part of it. But serving does. Is there any more? This is good. Any more? Any more? We said reading the Bible. Praying, fellowship, serving, worship. Is that it? You guys are like, no, that's it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay, there you go. So here you go. Number one, this is what I wrote down. If you're taking notes, how do I abide in him? Number one, read and meditate on the word. Read and meditate on the word. We, in, in my connect group uh, on Thursday nights, it's a Bible study group here. 
um, we're going through the book of Ephesians verse by verse. We literally just went through verse 1 to 12. It's like, so we're meditating a little more. We're going into it a little more. And we're going to have multiple people communicating at my group, different parts. So the, over the 12 weeks of our Connect group, we're literally doing a deep dive into Ephesians. We kind of, we went through the history of the book and the context. It's a beautiful story about, you be a, if you really want to dive into the word, look at the stories behind the books. Even history will tell you some things. It's really eye-opening and empowering. And so, like, for instance, Gabby, um, um, who else? Uh, Michael, Jen, um, Jeff. Yeah, we're going to have multiple people communicating at my Connect group um, through the book of Ephesians. So everybody say this with me. Say, read and meditate on the word. What does meditate mean? Meditate means you just, you're just chewing on it. You know what I mean? Um, it's not like you're super hungry. You just throw down some scriptures and you bounce. You ever, you're so hungry, you just eat. You're eating on the go. Meditate means you're like chewing on it. It's like beef jerky. Like meditation is you're saying it, meditating it, going back. So that's a, that, that is a way that we abide in him. Here's another one. Number two is seek God daily in prayer. You know, um, prayer is so awesome because there's, you could do it anywhere, at any time, any kind of way. I mean, um, take the word and learn what prayer is all about. But for instance, I was down at the beach um, yesterday with, with the kids at an... Um, what beach was that? Pismo Beach. We we're just down there on the water, and they were just playing with seashells and had to just make sure Nico didn't drift out into the ocean. I'm like, come back, come back. But, um, but I just kind of was out there with them, and I just walked and prayed on the beach. And, and I didn't need to be in church. I didn't, it didn't, you know, um, but I just was just, man, this is beautiful out here. I'm just going to walk along this beach, just pray, just worship the Lord, abiding in him. Amen. And so, um, um, you know, daily prayer can come. What are some other, what is, share, share with me, church. What are some ways that you, um, that you, like maybe the context of prayer? Like, is there anything unique? Come on, just talk. You could just say it out loud to you. Is there a certain place you like to pray or a certain context of your own personal prayer, abiding in him? Anybody, talk to me. In the car. Anybody pray in the car? Yes. Anybody ask for forgiveness in the car? Yes, because the way you looked at that person that cut you off, yeah, all right, no, yeah, praying in the car, and all honesty, yeah, praying, praying in the, yeah, praying in the car, it's awesome, roll up those windows, praying the Holy Ghost super loud, people just think you're on Bluetooth, you're just talking to somebody, I am, I have Bluetooth directly to heaven, hold on, shh, hold on, all right, um, anybody else, other contexts of prayer, just daily, in the rhythm of your life, in the bathroom, at work, yeah, at work, for sure, at work. Anybody feel like you praying like going into work? Because there's, any got, anybody got stuff at work? Like you got some stuff in there, and you about to go in there, and there's stuff in there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, talk to me. And you're like, Come on now, pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm serious. Prophesy to your work. You know, life and victory and joy. I'm, I'm here to take over with the love of Jesus. I break the spirit of whatever's up in there. Come on out. I'm coming in. Come on now. Somebody say daily prayer. Abide in him. Why? Those things at your work, they want to pull you. They want to detach you from the vine. 
Don't let the devil or anything, anybody just try to snatch you up off of that vine. You got to stay engrafted in the source. And that's what the devil, that is his ploy. He doesn't want you fruitful. And I'm telling you right now, how many of you have ever experienced, it is a fight at times to stay connected to God. Right? Because the devil knows you are, you are trouble to him if you stay connected in him. That's how you're going to bear fruit. Amen? All right. You guys getting something out of this? Awesome. Here we go. All right. So meditate and, um, meditate and read the word. Okay? Uh, um, seek God daily in prayer. Here's the other one. Y'all, y'all already said it, but I'll say it a different way. Number three is find your tribe in God's kingdom and do life with them. I'm here to tell you right now, you can't do this thing called being in him and knowing who you are. I am all that. If you just read your Bible and pray by yourself, I'm here to tell you, it's not how God designed it. That's not how God orchestrated the Christian life. That's not how God orchestrated his kingdom. His kingdom is a community. Somebody say that with me. Everybody say his kingdom is a community. And I need my tribe. Look at your neighbor and tell them, uh, find your tribe. Find your tribe. Tell three people, find your tribe. Find your tribe. Find your tribe. Why do I say find your tribe? Why? Because you don't have to be super, super duper friends with everybody. Everybody don't have to be your BFFs. But you need to have you some, some BFFs. Right? Not, it doesn't have to be everybody. Not supposed to be everybody. But you need your circle. You need your tribe. You need your group. Jesus got his 12. Think about this. Jesus, I'm here to tell you, in his walk in the earth, Jesus needed the 12 disciples just as much as they needed him. Because he as the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the model of the Christian life in the earth as a man, he needed community as a man. He created a community and he had three that were super close to him. So Jesus as a man, he modeled that as much as he was completely and utterly satisfied with his relationship with the Father, he still, the Savior of the world, put himself in community. So if Jesus did it, he is our example. And if anybody tries to act super spiritual and prideful and they distance themselves from community, that is a danger. Community. All right, find your tribe in God's kingdom and do life with them. Here it is. We're going to read a scripture about this, but here it is. You got to submit to those that are walking with God and that you connect with. Community isn't just a cute thing where we have um, coffee and donuts. That's not necessarily biblical community. Community isn't just us hanging out together. Hear me out. I know it's, it's used that way in a lot of Christian circles. That community is all about us kicking it. And, and I think we can, it's not that it's anti that, but that is not all that community is. Kingdom community. The kingdom is a community. And it is the submission to one another in the fear of the Lord. That, that is something that God designed for us. Anybody got any input? I know I'm asking you some questions here. I feel like it's like a little Bible study vibe, vibe this morning. But, but anybody, why would God put this thing in here and say, y'all 
are gifted and anointed and you're special to me and I'm your complete source, but you need to submit to some people around you. Why would God orchestrate kingdom life to, for him to be the absolute source, but for him to require of us to walk with God, to be in submission in relationship to other people? Anybody? What's that? Ego. Somebody say ego. Somebody say ego. Got to go. Right? That's true. Yeah. Here we go. Thank you, whoever said that back there. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 to 6. Here it is. It says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. All right? Yes, all of you be submissive. Here it is. All of you. All of you. All of you. That's talking about me. It's talking about you. It says, all of you be submissive to one another. Not like somebody is the big boss and everybody submits to that person. I'm saying in kingdom life, in staying connected to the vine and knowing who you are, I am all that. I am not just going to walk around and think that, that I can just um, have this relationship with God and, and disconnected from the people in God's family. And so likewise, that you younger people submit yourselves to the elders. Yes, all of you, all of you, all of you. Look at your neighbor and say, that means you. All of you be submissive to one another, here it is, and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. All right? Anybody ever, has God ever dealt with any element of pride in your life? Yeah? All right. Anybody um, ever seen pride in somebody else's? Don't look around, just look at me. But anybody ever seen pride where you see it and you're like, ooh, some pride right there. Yeah? But he's, the Bible says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, therefore, why? Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. It is impossible to submit to one another when pride is at work in our lives. I'm here to tell you right now, pride is the killer of community. Okay? Personal humility is required if you want to reap the benefits in community. Here it is. I want to say it again. Personal humility is required if you want to reap the benefits in community. This is what the word resist means. It says God resists the proud. God resists the proud. In the Greek, it's the word anti-tesami. Anti-tesami. I don't think I said it right, but I tried. It means this. It means to reject the entire makeup of something. Pride. Oppose intently. It's actually an old military term used when troops take formation against their enemy. God resists the proud. God separates himself from the proud. God walks away backwards from the proud. From a proud um, spirit. That's why the Bible says, humble yourself. And it's talking about submitting to one another. And so I, many times what keeps us from having healthy relationships is pride. What keeps us from community is pride. If you look at the Bible, the devil himself said, I will. Lucifer, I will. I will. And God was like, no, you won't. Boop. Kicked him out. God resists the proud. He had a position of authority. He was the anointed cherub that covered 
I mean, the Bible talks about Lucifer and how there were like pipes inside of, like, you know, inside. He's a, he was a worship, I mean, worship the, you know, Lucifer, you know, his name means light. He's in heaven, in the throne room. Pride separated him from the community of heaven. Pride separated him from the community. I know I am all that. You didn't think I was going to talk about this, did you? You're like, this doesn't sound like the series, Pastor Sean. This is really good, though. We all need this. We all got some pride. And we're all going to have to deal with some from, t- from time to time. You know, growing up how I grew up and then going to the church world, I, had, I, I mean, I came with pride. I mean, some of us, I mean, our pride is in many, sometimes it could be in our dress. It could be in where we're from. It could be in our head knowledge. It could be that we are a little bit more elevated from society standards from the people around us. So we kind of come at people differently because we are higher than them. But the Bible says that God resists the proud, you know, um, um, Saul, King Saul, not, not the apostle Saul, uh, but in the Old Testament, King Saul, um, you know, he dealt with pride and he got that crown ripped from his head. He says, the kingdom has been removed from you. Okay. Pride. All right. So here, here's my next point here. This is my last point. Uh, pride separates you from your true identity and it alienates you from community, okay? Because God resists the proud. Like we said before, God is my identity. He holds everything that I am. He, he embodies all that is about me that I need to know and discover in my life, whether it's my gifts, my talents, my desires, my future, my dreams. Everything is in him. In him, all things consist. If I want to know more about me, I need to get in him. If I want to know more, if I want to know that I am all that, I got to get in him to discover it through the word through prayer, through community. But when I have pride in my heart towards other people, God, my identity starts to leave me. My true identity. Pride separates you, separates you from your true identity, which is God, and it alienates you from community. Proverbs 13, verse 10. I just have two more verses. Proverbs 13, verse 10 says, by pride comes nothing but strife, but the well-advised is wisdom. By pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. All right? Any of you ever see young people sometimes, not all young people, and you think, man, or let me, let me, let, let, let's, let's talk about ourselves here. Anybody, when you were younger, you're like, man, if I only knew what I knew now. Yeah. Or, man, I wish I listened a little more back then. Come on, people, talk to me. Don't leave me hanging. Thank you, Gabby. When, when I was growing up, I mean, I, I had a great relationship with my biological father. He's a, from my perspective and growing up, I mean, he wasn't, he didn't, um, I didn't get saved or come to God through him, but just as a dad, he was always there. He was consistent. He worked hard. He celebrated my journey. I mean, I, back then skateboarding wasn't 
It was very much a subculture back then, and he, he really celebrated that. As a young age, I, was, I, I found something that I had this relative talent in, and he just really encouraged me, and such a blessing uh, to, to have a dad that just believed in me and just wanted what was best for me, and he was awesome. And, he, he, and I really honor my biological father for everything he did. But I'd say when I was younger, man, I thought he didn't know nothing. Anybody? I mean, it, I didn't, not until my 30s did I go, oh, man, my dad's pretty smart. <laughs> Anybody with me on this? And I, I, didn't, I didn't even say, it was pride without even really knowing it. I'm like, and, and, and then once I got married, we were in our 30s. I was in my 30s. My wife was, what, what were you, babe, 19? Were you? No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Uh, no, <laughs> no. She was in her 20s. I was in my 30s. But not to, honestly, not until I got married, I took my wife and all that to hang out with my dad. And I'm like, dang, my dad is pretty quick-witted. Like, like, like he knows what's up. And I was like, I honestly was like, why did I never see this? Like, I'll be honest with you, I, I was just dumb, prideful. What they say, you know, you ever heard this? Young and stupid. I'm not saying young people are stupid. I'm just saying, young people, you got to watch out for that pride. Come on, folks, say amen. Because, you know, God is no respecter of persons, and neither is pride. Pride will find a way in there somewhere. Amen? Then when we get old, we get prideful. Like, boy, you don't know nothing. Right? But it, and I, I, I just, my dad, and just seeing that, I'm like, man. What kept me from seeing, like, really how intelligent and street smart my dad was? Growing up, I thought he was clueless. But pride, once again, Proverbs 13, verse 10. But pride comes, by pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Isn't that interesting when it talks about pride, well-advised, meaning well-advised means somebody that asks for advice. A good, maybe, Check if you have pride. Has, have you asked anybody for help recently? Have you consulted anyone for any kind of feedback or wisdom recently? With the well-advised is wisdom. This is what strife means, contention, quarrel. Once again, but by pride comes nothing but strife. What does pride do? It separates it creates fights and quarrels. That's what it means. By pride comes nothing but separation. Okay, here's my last scripture. James chapter 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Somebody say, humble yourself. Okay. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Humble yourself. I am all that. And I wanted to start out with talking about staying connected to Jesus because you can only know and experience that you are all that when you are in the one that truly is all that. And as you're connected to him, being able to say, God, I can do nothing without you. That is, a, is like a blow against pride. 
You just, you just, you just served a, um, you just did spiritual warfare on the spirit of pride by saying, Jesus, I can do nothing without you. You just open the door to your future when you say that. You open the door to all the potential that's inside God when you say, God, I can do nothing without you. God, I can't, I don't want to talk without you. I don't want to work without you. I don't want to, I don't want to try to do marriage without you. And some of you that are single, I'm not trying to get married with some, without you. God, I can't do this without you but I can't do it. That right there is where humility comes in. That's why, the, you know, earlier on in, in 1 Peter, I'm just kind of reviewing here, but in 1 Peter, it talks about be clothed with humility. Be clothed with, we got to wear humility like a garment, church. We got to put, just like we put our clothes on, we got to put humility on in the morning and say, God, I'm not going to dress myself in pride today. I'm not going to dress myself in a haughty spirit, thinking I'm all that as far as coming against people or looking down at people. Now I'm going to put on humility. I can do nothing without you, but in you, God, I'm confident. In you, God, I'm, I'm you know, I've got, I've got strength. In you, God, I can, I can, I can, I can do this thing. I can engage in life. I can walk in victory in you, God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, when, when we talk like that, that those, those are, that's humility. Why? Because you're really saying I can't do nothing. I'm broken. I'm confused outside him. I'm in doubt outside him. I'm depressed. I'm anxious outside him. I'm all kind of stuff outside of him, but in him, I am all that. In him, I'm all that. So we get over here, you know, talking about he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You know, sometimes pride is this, is that we think we can just continue to go on in life without making a step towards him. We think we can even, maybe some of us, we can even serve in ministry and we haven't really spent that time with him. That's pride because you're, you're inadvertently, indirectly saying, man, I got this. I don't need him. But how many of you believe that we need him? James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. The worship team could come up, please. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. He will exalt you. He will lift you up. I believe that people need to be lifted up in their emotions. Lifted up in their thought life. The devil wants to push you down. He wants to tear you down. But when we humble ourselves, God wants to lift you up out of that stuff. Lift you up out of the mire. Lift you up. When we humble ourselves, he wants to lift us up. He wants to take us higher. He wants to elevate you. We as a church, our desire isn't only just to reach people. We don't want to just reach people. We want to equip people. We don't want just to equip them. We want to align them with their purpose so they can leave a legacy. This thing is, is, is the gospel, this house, our heart as a community is, is to see people lifted up, lifted, elevated in the will of God. Look at your neighbor and say, I am all that. This word lifted up means to elevate, honor, dignity, prosperity. He wants to lift you up. Just humble ourselves. What if we just did that on a regular, God, I can't do anything without you. 
Just in, in the morning, it doesn't have to take forever. You just get up in the morning, just get on your knees and say, God, I can't do this without you. I can't live without you. There's a gospel song, Marvin Winans, you know, I've seen you work in others. And I want you to work in me. I've seen, anybody seen God work in others? You ever look at somebody like, man, God is on that person. But God, I want you to work in me. I want you to work in me. Fruitful. In the morning. I want to I give us all a little homework today. Let's get on your knees and say, God, I can't. I can't. I can't do it without you. I, can't, I, I can do nothing without you. But God, when I get up off my knees, I humble myself and you're going to exalt me. You're going to lift me up. You're going to bring me into a place of honor, dignity. See, humility isn't to suppress you. It's to God. It's God's method of giving you dignity. It's God's process of giving you honor. Book of Proverbs talks about how through humility is honor, value. You realize in the kingdom and in your life, when you say, Jesus, I can do nothing without you. Really increasing your value to humanity in this world. And the whole heart, God's heart is fruitfulness. And this is fruitfulness. This is what fruitfulness is. Is that I am blessed to be a blessing. That, that I'm going to be blessed. But fruit is for others. It's not for you. Like, I've got more than enough. God wants to exalt you and lift you up and elevate you and bring you into a place of dignity and honor in the marketplace and where you work and in the, 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 wherever you are in your world. God wants to elevate you and make you fruitful. And people look at you and say, wow, look at that. Look at that. Look what they got. Look, you know, and, and you just being able to serve. That's what fruitfulness is. You know, God cursed the tree in the Bible that had leaves but no fruit. It was just self-sustained. And God's like, nope. In a, in a sense, that tree is selfish. Curse it. Didn't produce anything for anybody else. The leaves sustained themselves, but the fruit, but it didn't do anything for anybody else. Somebody say, I won't be fruitful. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.